Blog Talk Radio. So uh, it's faith-based. It's so you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they were pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about bow totes? Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable, this weekly live call-in show about atheism and agnosticism and belief and non-belief and a whole bunch of other things that just kind of flow into your host's stream of consciousness for about 30 or so minutes here on Blog Talk Radio. We are live, and the number to call to be part of the live show is 347 838 eight. Three, four, two. I'm your host. My name is Andrew Garber. And please send me a friend request on Facebook. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable. And most importantly, go to iTunes and leave me your oh-so-coveted five-star reviews. I covet them. I really do. I just, I covet the ever-loving poop out of them. I just covet all day long five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, it's been almost a month. And so I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to get a response back from this guy. Uh, The Friendly Atheist ran this blog at the beginning of May that a pastor uh, whose name is Reverend Eric uh, Strachan, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Strachan, that's what I'm going with, Uh, Eric Strachan from New Life Community Church that's somewhere in Canada, all right, had posted an article saying, how come some don't believe there is a God? Okay, and uh, Mr. Strachan is an elderly guy. In fact, uh, there was a news story that came out from the same place that this article came from, where he retired from his church like a week after he posted this article, blog, whatever the heck it was, that. Uh, friendly atheist was nice enough to link on my on my Facebook wall. Well, I read it, and it seemed like the guy was actually reaching out to non-believers. It seemed like he really wanted to have a conversation. And in fact, at the very end of the article, he 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 says, "I wonder. I mean, I really wonder what someone would say to these questions. It'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it?" So it sounded like he really wanted to have a conversation. So I sent an email, all right? And and sending an email, by the way, wasn't exactly an easy thing to do. I mean, there wasn't contact information left in the article itself. So I had to do a little bit of research in in order to find an email address that I could send. Now, I didn't actually get to send an email to Eric Strachan himself, okay? So it, it is likely that my email never actually reached this guy, all right? And again, this guy is older. He may not even know how to use email for all I know, okay? All I did was I ended up emailing the administrator for the church where he used to be. And again, he retired right after he wrote this article. So there's a chance, all right? 
And, and it's not a small chance, it's a good chance that he's never even seen my email. But I sent him an email um, right right after the, the uh, article came out. The article came out on May 5th. Okay, I responded on May 6th. Here it is, the end of May. That's why I'm doing the show today, okay, because I don't think I'm going to get a response if I haven't gotten one now. And it may be because he never got my email. I don't know. All right, but this is what my email said. I said, hi, my name is Andrew Garber. I live in Terre Haute, Indiana. I found the article written by Reverend Strachan on my Facebook wall. I'm sure you've had lots of responses from this. I'm an atheist. I host a podcast called The Atheist Roundtable where I talk about my deep conversion away from Christianity and what life is like after leaving faith behind. It seems Reverend Strachan, called him Reverend, seems Reverend Strachan has had little real-life interactions with atheists. I'd like to change that. If so inclined, I'd love to do a Skype chat. He can ask me any question, and I promise not only to do my best to answer it, I will do so in a calm, respectful, and friendly way. Hey, I'm not about debate. I'm about discussion. I love talking to people. That's why it's the Atheist Roundtable, not the Atheist Debate Podium. Smiley face. Reverend Strachan seems to love people. I do, too. I hope to record the conversation so not only do both of us learn something, but we can share that with others as well. Hope to hear from you soon. In reason, Andrew Garber. That was my email. Didn't hear anything. So today we're going to go through... The, the article, okay, the original article is posted in the show notes. If you want to go and read it yourself, I don't no idea why you'd ever want to do that, but if you do, just so that you know I'm not making this up whole cloth, then you can go and check it out in the show notes. When I posted a link to the article on my Facebook wall and said that I had contacted uh, Reverend Strachan in order to try to secure an interview, I got an awful lot of feedback right away saying, dude, this guy, I don't know if he's even worth your time. I mean, he he doesn't seem to understand the first thing about atheists. And that's what I think, too. I don't think this guy knows the first thing about atheists, but it sounded, it sounded like he wanted to learn. It sounded like he was interested in starting a conversation. And that's why I reached out to him. Now, the first thing that he opens his article with, that he, that he starts his article with, is a list of people who are atheists. And he's saying, tell me what you think all these people have in common. Gloria Steinem, Woody Allen, Warren Buffett, Bruce Lee, Mark Zuckerberg, Mick Jagger. You know, he's saying, are you still stuck? Are you you thinking? Who, what do all these people have in common, right? And then he mentions what I can only assume is a local politician, okay? He mentions Jim Gibson, the mayor of Head, Clara Maria who sits on the Renfrew County Council. Now, I've never heard of this place. I've never heard of this guy. And I, but again, these are, these are Canadian politics, okay? I have no idea how in the hell they run that country up there. I have no idea what in the hell goes on up there. So, and he says, now that has to click it, right? Jim Gibson, he's the mayor of this uh, council, I don't know, mayor of a council, I don't know how that works. Again, they are all, actually, the words he uses is that they lay claim to being atheists. And he goes on, an atheist, uh, you put, that means they are not theists. 
a theist is one who believes in God. Put an A in front of that six-letter word, and you come up with what Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines as one who denies the existence of God. That's an atheist. And immediately, my Facebook wall loves to light up and say, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Atheists don't necessarily deny the existence of, a, of gods. We simply do not believe in their existence. We have not been convinced that, they, that a god exists. We lack a belief in God. It's not the same as denying the existence of all gods. And that is true. But, but, this guy... He, he, See, I, I really think that when atheists say that, we're trying to be way more intellectually honest than we need to be, okay? Because we're saying God in this nebulous, whatever the heck you want to find God to be, I'm not convinced that thing exists. But this guy isn't talking about some wishy-washy, moving-around kind of definition of a god. He's talking about a very specific god. He capitalizes the word. Capital G-O-D. He is talking about, and you know he's talking about, he's talking about an all-good, all-knowing, perfect, all-powerful creator of the universe with a message for humanity. That is the god he is talking about. And that god... That God, I can be proven not to exist. And if you don't believe me, I've got a show called Proof That God Does Not Exist, and you can go and listen to that one anytime you want to in the archives. This show, of course, is available on iTunes, because that's why I want the iTunes reviews. It's also available on Stitcher and from Blog Talk Radio. So wherever you want to download it, I don't care. Just download it and listen to it. So atheists squabble over the agnostic atheist um, Venn diagram an awful lot more than theists do. And I think that it's okay. It's okay to meet the theist at their own definition of theism, right? That meet the theist on their definition of what their theism means and then you put your A in front of it, right? And you're an atheist, right? And now you're and you're still an atheist, and you're still an agnostic, and you're still whatever. But 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 their theism, you don't accept it. You can put an A in front of it, and we can deal with you being an atheist in those terms. So when he says that. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines one as, or an atheist, as one who denies the existence of God. That's because he's talking about God in a very limited form, and almost every atheist I know, every atheist I know, actually, denies the existence of the God he's talking about. So, so I, I, you know, I, I'm not worried about that definition. I have spent too much time on that. Now, he also mentions um, he, he mentions a couple more atheists. He talks about the uh, Ron Reagan ad that the Freedom from Religion Foundation has put forth. And at the end of that ad, Ron Reagan says, Ron Reagan, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. It's a glorious line. Glorious. And Eric Strachan's response is, that's bold, isn't it? I mean, that's really bold. This is a brash, 
radical boldness about today's atheism. Okay? And is there is there a brash radical boldness about atheism? Or is it just as Eric Strachan says himself in the article, that most people used to keep their unbelief to themselves. They used to keep their atheism silent. And now we see no reason to do that. Now we're speaking out. And simply saying, Ron Reagan, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. That seems bold. That seems radically brashly bold. I don't think it's bold at all. I think it's simply stating a position in a clear, concise manner. And look, it got your attention, didn't it? Look, it served its purpose, didn't it? It got your attention. It raised your eyebrow and you're thinking about it. There are people here who are not afraid of burning in your hell. You can't scare us into thinking that what you believe is true. That is impressive. And that's something that you need to think about, my, my Christian brethren, when you are going out and speaking about hell. We're not scared. Now, the only argument that I hear for theism is in the next paragraph uh, of the article. The only argument that he ever makes for theism is in the next, is in the next paragraph. And he's talking about, um, I'm, I'm only guessing... Uh, that these that these newborn twins that he's that he's describing are relatives of his, maybe maybe grandchildren, maybe great grandchildren. But he says, and I quote, "I don't know about you, but a few weeks ago I stood at the maternity ward of a local hospital and I looked at a pair of newborn twins, and then the other day I held them. It was an awesome moment for me. I was in." Absolute awe, strangely and mutedly silenced as I touched tiny fingers, beheld tiny eyes, and felt skin as soft as velvet and pondered to think what I now held in my arms. These, these beautiful babies had their mysterious beginnings in a microscopic cell. Who, I ask you, but a supreme, omnipotent creator could engineer such a marvel? You simply cannot look into the face of a newborn, and declare there is no God, end quote. Now, this isn't the look at the trees argument. This is the look at the babies argument. And I'm really very glad that he decided to go with look at the babies instead of look at the trees. Look at the children who aren't born healthy. Look at the premature births. Look at the miscarriages. Look at all the pregnancies that go wrong. Look at all of the congenital birth defects that we see millions of people born with every year. Look at them and tell me there is a God. When I held my newborn son and my daughter, but my son first because he was born first, when I held my children for the first time, it made my belief in a God evaporate even faster. I remember looking at my son and thinking to, thinking to myself, there's no sin in this child. There's, he does not require a savior to cleanse him of some imaginary disease. This is my son. He's born just fine this time. 
He doesn't require someone to come around and cleanse him of some ancient curse. He's not born broken. He's not born sinful. He's not born under some kind of voodoo spell from thousands of years ago when someone ate a piece of fruit. That's not, that, that's not here. You can't look into the face of a newborn that you love and think to yourself, this child deserves eternal torment. That's what I think is hard. That's what I think is hard. You can't look at a newborn and think to yourself, I sure hope this child gets saved, else it deserves eternal punishment. The article goes on. Now, the, the, the next two, are, two paragraphs are all about, well, someone must have hurt atheists. Someone must have scarred them. You know, uh, the first paragraph ends with the summarization. If there is an all-powerful, loving God, then why would he allow this to happen to me? Okay? Yes, bad things happen. Um, and this is the problem of evil, right? He never offers a solution to the problem of evil. He just merely states in two paragraphs that there is a problem with evil. And as I've mentioned on my show before, the problem of evil only is a problem for someone who thinks that there is a God, that that God is all-powerful, that that God is all-knowing, and that God is all-good. Because now the existence of evil becomes a problem. And we can indeed see that evil does exist. So how can this God possibly exist at the same time? Uh, he, he doesn't just stop at the traumatic events that a person might have, but he goes on to explain that if there is a God, why would he allow atrocities within the world, such as famines, genocides, ethnic cleansings, etc.? I would go ahead and point him back to his newborn example, right? Why are children born with genetic defects? Why, are why do children get cancer? Right? All of these things are horrible things. And if there is a God, he must answer for those. He must answer for these atrocities. Not humans, but the God. He'd have to answer for it. He went on to say that he must be something about there must be, have been something uh, that happened that scarred a person when they uh, crossed paths with a professed believer, that a believer must have hurt them or, uh, or scarred them in some way, that it might, must have been that believer's inappropriate or hypocritical behavior that wounded someone. Or, and, that, and now that you've been wounded, you're, creating, you're committing a classic error throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's what he says. In fact, let me just go ahead and read this. Tragically, the messenger has decredited the message by his or her inappropriate behavior and wounded, and the wounded one has committed the classic error that all of us are inclined to do, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know anybody who does this. I mean, I, I just don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who came to atheism because they were hurt. I think it, what, what happens is exactly the other way around. You come to atheism, and then you realize the hurt that comes from religion, and you get mad. 
you come to atheism, you realize there is no God. You turn around, you look back on your religious beliefs, and now, for the first time, you have an outsider's perspective on the kinds of things that religions do. You see them do more harm than good, and you get pissed, really, really mad, because the thing that you thought was the source of good, the thing that you thought was the source of morality, the thing that you thought was real, was the best thing in your life. You turn, you come out, you turn around, you look at it, and the first thing you see is all the harm, all the harm that comes from religion. You are shocked. You are devastated. You are, you are freaking mad. You're really mad at the kind of harm that, that happens. This is what happens. Okay? That's why, that's why atheists get angry. They've left religion. They've turned around. They've looked at it for the first time with an outsider's perspective, and they see the harm, and they get really, really Mad. It's not a person that causes the harm. It's not an event that causes the harm. It's not. Uh, it, it's it's not the evil in the world that may, that that causes us to be mad. It's realizing that we've been duped into thinking that there's a god, and then realizing that being duped into thinking there's a god causes real, tangible harm. Not just to us, but to all of those around us. That's where the anger comes from. And I think that that's, that's, that, that's something I, want, I really wanted to explain to Reverend Strachan. I really wanted to be able to explain that he got this backwards. That people are hurt. People have pain. People are traumatized when they leave religion, turn around, and look back at the religion they used to hold. That's the trauma. That's what happens. That's what makes people angry, is that they've come out, they turn around, they look back, they get mad. And then they figure out that they have to try to do something about it. They have to try to speak out against the evil, the harm that religions do. They they, they realize that they can't hold it in. They realize that they have an obligation, if they can, if they are in a safe enough environment, to come out and say, my name is Andrew Garber. I am an apostate, and I am not afraid of burning in hell. That's the kind of thing that we need to have people say, okay, because we want to be able to counteract the harm, in this case, the harm of telling people that they deserve eternal punishment. That's why we get angry, and that's why we speak out. It all comes together. I was really hoping to be able to say that. He starts wrapping up the article. I've got to start wrapping up the show, so he's starting to wrap up the article. I'm glad those things are coming together. Woo-hoo. Eric Strachan says that he would love to be able to sit down with guys like Woody Allen, Mark Zuckerberg, or that Mayor Jim Gibson guy and ask them, why are you an atheist? He says in his article that he would love to just be able to sit and listen 
without any interruptions or defense on his part, and just let the atheist explain why. I would love to be able to explain why I no longer find the existence of God to be believable, why I don't find the arguments for the existence of God to be believable. I think that would be a wonderful conversation to have. But Mr. Strachan thinks that it would be a safe venture to say that while I might have an intellectual argument against God, he is absolutely convinced. I'm going to read from there. He says, I am absolutely convinced that many of them would tell me that they have embraced the belief system of atheism because they've been wounded by professed believers or they've seen too much hypocrisy in the ranks of those who believe. We don't see the hypocrisy in the ranks of those who believe until after we've left the faith behind. We don't get angry about the wounds that professed believers commit until we have left faith behind, turn around and look back at it. That's not why we become atheists. That happens after. We become atheists because we take a hard look at the reasons why people say they believe. We took a hard look at the evidence for the existence of a deity. We took a hard look at the reasons people give as to why they think God exists. And at the end of the day, we found those arguments to be lacking. Many of us took years, years to come to atheists. And the reason it took years to figure out the answer to the simplest thing question of all time is because we really, really, really wanted the answer to be the other one. We really wanted there to we really wanted there to be a God. We were looking for a reason to believe in it and eventually our reason won out. That's why we can't believe anymore. He finishes up. Um, this is the only question that he actually asks um, I think that, that, that I'm going to close in, uh, in response to. And it's this one. I'd like, I'd like to ask them what they think of Jesus Christ. I furthermore invite their responses to this question. What do you think of the comments made by historian after historian down through the generations that this man, Jesus Christ, is the most important man who ever lived? I think Jesus Christ is a legend. I think Jesus Christ is a fictional character. I think Jesus Christ wasn't a real person. And I don't think that that means that the character of Christ needs to be erased, okay? I I don't think that the character of Mary Poppins needs to go away. I don't think the character of, of any fable. Is, just needs to go away. I just need. I just think we ought to recognize them as fictional characters and not think that they're coming back from from the dead or coming back from heaven one day. I just think we should recognize these as old fairy tales of old fairy tales, perhaps with a moral, with 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 a with a with some meaning in them, but they are not real. And historian after historian that believed that Jesus Christ was the most important man in the world or the most important man that ever lived. I didn't think that was the job of historians to determine 
who is the most important man who ever lived. I didn't realize that that was something that historians did. I didn't realize that historians go around looking for, you know, were holding popularity contests amongst the people that they were researching. I didn't think that was a thing. Even if it's true, even if it's real, even if even if it's true that historian after historian thinks that Jesus Christ was the most important, what difference does that make? Suppose he's just a, an important fictional character. Does that diminish something? If we could have hardcore proof that Jesus Christ was just a fictional character, would would the good things that he said, and there are only a few good things that he ever said, would the few good things that he said be any less good? But now we can take the bad crap that Jesus said and just bit it, just toss it out, just not even pay any attention to that crap. We don't even have to think about Jesus saying that you have to hate your mother, hate your father, hate your brother and your sister in order to be my disciple. We don't have to worry about that anymore because all we need is the good stuff. And when we throw things out, when we keep stuff from the Bible, that says a lot more about us, says a lot more about the reader than it does about the book. We make the decision of what is good and what is bad, not the Bible. We pick and choose, and we pick and choose based on our moral beliefs and our moral code. And that means that we are, and if we throw anything out from the Bible, we want to throw our lot, our lot out of the Bible. We are more moral than that Bible before we ever pick it up. I really wish that I could have gotten in touch with Eric Strachan. I really wish that I could have had him on my show. But I can't. And I'm out of time. So until next time we speak, my friends, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing and liking uh, the, the show. Thank you so much for all the support that you show the Atheist Roundtable. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. We're ending the show, so if 11 p.m. on Sundays isn't the time for you to ever call in to be a part of the live show, remember that you can send me an email at andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail at 765-280-3066. That's the voicemail line for the Atheist Roundtable. Take care of yourselves. God isn't here. We are. Good night. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of Atheists humanists and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God isn't here. We are. Take care of yourselves.